return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. Tonight I was going through my notes and I thought, I don't usually write this many words um, in a sermon. And so I'm going to be going a little fast. Um, but uh, this is something that God laid on my heart on, on Monday. We got fire starters, and we were talking about um, truth. And there was a comment made about how we don't want to keep the truth for ourselves. We want to we want to take it to every, everybody else and take it other places. And so the Lord just turned to my heart uh, the, the title, Don't Keep the Gospel to Yourself. Amen. And what I mean by this is we don't want to be satisfied with the fact that we get to go to heaven. I don't want to be satisfied with the fact that I just get to go to heaven. Amen. I want to, um, I've been called and I've been ordained. You have been called and ordained and anointed to go out and to tell people about Jesus. Amen. Um, we can receive our salvation and never tell anyone the good news, or we can receive our salvation and use it as a testimony, and as a witness to others. Amen. So now in a, in a trial, if there's a trial going on, you're going to have some witnesses, right? Some people who witnessed whatever happened in the case. And they're going to probably have to get up and give their testimony. Okay, so... You can see where I'm going with this. The Bible says that uh, we can be witnesses and we should be witnesses. And how do we witness? We, part of how we witness is we give our testimonies. Amen. Maybe it's a testimony of how you were saved. Maybe it's a testimony of, a, of something that God's done in your life uh, or in a family member's life. But as Christians, we want to uh, be witnesses who give our testimony. And... Um, I think this is a great reminder, you know, and we can say, well, yeah, I know that, that God wants me to do this, but I think it's a great reminder that whenever we go out, we have opportunities to share, right? There's, you're going to have opportunities. You're going to have times where the Lord puts somebody on your heart or you have an opening, an invitation to talk to them about Jesus. Amen? And... Um, you know, it's, it's important that we do that because we don't know what life holds. Uh, the Bible says our lives are a vapor. We don't even know what tomorrow is going to bring. I, 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 there's a, a friend of mine who graduated the year above me in high school, and same age, 36 years old, and, uh, and had cancer, passed away from cancer, my age. And I think... You know, one, I think, Lord, I'm so thank you for who you are and that I know you. Um, but then two, it makes me, and Pastor Dave said this before, it helps us realize our mortality. And I can, you know, I look at that and I think it wasn't like a, a car crash where, you know, something freak accident. It was a, it was a diagnosis, right? And we continue to, we, we believe for healing. We know that God wants to heal us. 
and that his, that's his will, amen, and that God is good. But there are things that happen because we live in a fallen world, because Satan is the God of this world. There are things that happen, and we have faith that we're going to get better. We have faith that we're going to be okay. But sometimes there, there are things that happen that uh, we would say so-and-so died too young, or uh, this happened, um, why, you know, we'd ask God, why did this happen, right? And so the opportunities that we have, we don't know, one, how many op- more opportunities we're going to have, but then two, we don't know how many opportunities we're going to have to share with that person, with that, with that same person, right? You might be uh, the one that the Lord has called to minister or to plant a seed to them, amen? And yeah, we should be planting seeds to everybody, but specifically, there are times, and you know this, and you've experienced this where God tugs at your heart, the Holy Spirit tugs at your heart to witness to somebody or to talk to somebody or to show love. Amen? And we want to take advantage of those things. And uh, 2 Corinthians 6, 1 through 2, we'll go to that verse here. It says, When we then, as workers together with him, also plead with you not to receive the grace of God in vain. For he says, In an acceptable time I have heard you, and in the day of salvation I have helped you. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. So today is the day of salvation. For anyone that we meet, that the Lord puts on your heart to witness to, that might be their day of salvation. Amen? That might be their day where they have an open heart to receive what God has for them. The other thing that we don't know is we don't know what's going on in everybody's life. Right? Somebody might seem really closed off, but it just might take uh, just a seed planted to open them up to the idea of Jesus, to open them up to say, man, my life is not good right now. I don't feel like my life is good. I don't, um, nothing's going right in my life or whatever it is. And it could just be a word. It could just be something that you're doing that's kind that just opens them up to the gospel, right? So we don't know what's going on. I always think about this. If I go to, you know, I've, I've been to pro basketball games and pro football games and I go and you see 60,000 fans and I always think, wow, they have lives outside of this. You know, it, it, it kind of makes me have compassion for people because I think they're going to go home either to a good situation, they might go home to a bad situation, they might have things that are going on in their life that, they, that they're getting depressed. I don't know. I don't know what people go through. And there's 60,000 other people besides myself that are also going to go home, and they're just going to continue to live their life, right? So we don't know what people are going through. But when we can hear from the Lord and when we can do what he's called us to do, again, just a kind word, whatever it is, that can mean the world, that can be the difference in somebody's salvation, where they go, amen? So today is the day of salvation. We want to have a heart like Jesus does. First Corinthians 11 says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. 1 Corinthians 2.16 says that we have the mind of Christ. Amen. So if we have the mind of Christ and we're told to imitate Christ, then our will should line up with his will. Amen. 
We want our will to line up with his. Second Peter 3, 9. We'll go through a couple of scriptures. The Lord is not slack concerning his promises, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. First Timothy 2, 1-4 says, Therefore exhort, I exhort first of all, the, of all that supplications, prayers, and intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and all who are in authority, that we may, may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. So, we know that it's God's will that all men are saved, that all people are saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. Amen. And how he, how that happens is, a lot of it is he uses us to reach out to people, doesn't he? So we don't necessarily persuade people to follow him because I think people, somebody has to have an encounter with him. Amen. The Holy Spirit persuades. I always say we inform the Holy Spirit persuades. So if we're informing them of the, you know, it says come to the knowledge of the truth. If we're informing them of what the truth is, hey, this is the truth, the Holy Spirit then can start to work in their heart. Amen. But his, his will is that all should come to repentance. All come to the knowledge of the truth. Titus 2.11 says, For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. Amen. And now, so it, it's available for everybody, but some people, when it says that that has appeared to all men, sometimes, and, and especially now, because Jesus isn't on the earth, the Holy Spirit is in us and with us, now he appears to all men, and he can appear through us to them. Amen. He can appear to people through us, through our witness, and through our testimony. It's, you really see love in action. When, when, when Pastor Dave and Jeannie talked about the lady that... Um, converted to Christianity and they've been going year after year and they've been witnessing and they've just been showing love to her and goes from a strong uh, Hindu background and then just softens her heart to Jesus. And now our whole family loves Jesus. Amen? So that's really, tan- you can, it's really, it's pretty amazing because it's lasted for so long and we can see the steps. Every time they go, it's, they kept on saying how soft her heart was. It was softening up, softening up into this point where now she believes in Jesus. Amen. So again, the will of God is that all people come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And right now, again, part of how he appears to all of us is all men is through us as believers being witnesses. We were commissioned, we were anointed to be witnesses. We aren't eyewitnesses to Jesus, but we have testimonies of what he's done in our life. We've witnessed what he's done in our life. That was the number one command Jesus gave when he ascended to heaven after his resurrection. Mark 16, 15 says, And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Right? We're going to preach the gospel to every creature. Go into all the world. And, and the gospel isn't this fire and brimstone message, but this gospel is the good news. Right? We can talk about the good news of Jesus. We can talk about his character. The Bible says the goodness of God leads to repentance. The Bible says that his goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our life. Those are the things, those are talking points, amen? Those are things that, as witnesses, you know, in a, in a trial, there's, there's certain things that, there's talking points that the witness will say to either 
help uh, help the prosecution or to or to not help the prosecution, right? I guess what happened happened right, as a witness in our life. What happens happens. What Jesus did in our life, what happens happens, and we want to tell it how we see it. Amen. We want to tell it how it should be told, right? Then we go to Acts one six. Through 11, it says, Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? And he said to them, It's not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put into his own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Now when he had spoken these things while they watched, he was taken up and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly towards heaven... As he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, who also said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? The same Jesus who was taken from you into heaven will so come in a like manner as you saw him go into heaven. And so they saw what happened, and they knew he was the Messiah, but now their job was to go out. Amen. Not just to stand up and gaze at heaven and, and just think about, wow, we had this really cool experience. Uh, let's just bask in it. No, their job was to go out. The angel said, what are you doing? Why are you still gazing up in heaven? He's going to come back. Amen. And until he comes back, do what he's asked you to do. Hallelujah. We're called to go out and do it. Amen. We're called to go out and do it. It's hard to witness to people if we don't talk to people. Somebody might say, I'm just not a people person. Well, as a Christian, we want to be a people person. We want to be somebody who, yeah, I understand. We're, we don't always feel like we want to talk to somebody or, or maybe we're having a bad day or whatever. But by and large, we want to be able to um, show people that we have something different in us. Amen? We have, we have someone in us that helps us have joy, that gives us peace, that gives us... Um, a smile on our face. Amen? And so, we're called to go out and do it. And we want to be able to, if we can talk to people, that means we can witness to people. Amen? We don't want to be a hermit just in our house and just, you know, kind of like on Lord of the Rings, like my precious, right? Um, no, we want to share it. Matthew 5.14 says that you are the light of the world. Amen? You are the light. Of, we are the light of the world. So if you think of the world, why does the world need a light? Well, the, the world needs a light because it's a dark place. Without Jesus, it's a dark place. The Bible also says that we are the salt of the earth. Amen. And if, if something's uh, not salted, it, it, it's not seasoned, right? It's not preserved, right? So Matthew 5.14 says, You are the light of the world, a city that is set on a hill that cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. You know, every year we have a candlelight service where we turn off the lights, and we have everybody has a candle. And, you know, the last couple of years I've been up here on stage, and I can look out and I can see everybody's faces because of the candle, Right? The light overpowers the darkness to where I can see faces. Now, if there were no candles lit, I couldn't see anybody, could I? If it was completely dark in here, I couldn't see anybody. 
But the light overpowers the darkness where I can see it. And the world is a dark place, right? The, the Bible says that, that Satan is the god of this world. Amen. And, uh, and it's a sinful place, but this light that shines through us is more powerful than the darkness. Is more powerful than the sin. Amen? It's more powerful. It overpowers the power of the enemy in people's lives. This light that you and I have. And so it's a shame. It says, again, we don't want to hide our light under a basket. We don't want to just keep it to ourselves. But we want our light to shine. We want our light to go out to people. Amen? That's why it's important we don't keep the gospel to ourselves. So I want to look at two examples here um, of people who Jesus touched sharing their testimony. The first example is the woman at the well. So let's go to John 4, uh, 28-30. And it says the woman, so you know the story, Jesus goes and he sits by the well and this woman comes at noon to fill her pot and... Uh, and she starts to have a conversation with Jesus. And she says, you don't even have a pot. How are you going to get water? And he says, um, well, the water I have, um, if you drink it, no man's going to thirst. And she's like, well, what is this water? And, and talk, he's just talking about it to her. And, and she says, well, I, I perceive you're a prophet. And he says, uh, yeah, pretty much, right? But he tells her, he says, go back. Go back to your husband. He said, I don't, have a, I don't have a husband. He said, no, that's right. You, have, you don't have a husband, but you've had five. And the one you're with now is not your husband. And, and I always kind of imagine how this is going. And I, I really understand that it can't be a demeaning thing to her. Like Jesus isn't talking to her in a demeaning way, right? Because she went back excited. <laughs> she went back to the, to the men of the city excited. And so... We, we come here and it says, the woman left her water pot, went her way into the city and said to the men, come see a man who told me all things that I ever did. Could this be the Christ? Then they went out of the city and came to him. And we'll go to uh, 39 right away here. It says, and many of the Samaritans of that city believed in him because of the word of the woman who testified. He told me all that I ever did. So when the Samaritans had come to him, they urged him to stay, stay with them. And he stayed there two days. And many more believed because of his own word. And they said to the woman, Now we believe, not because of what you said, for we ourselves have heard him, and we know that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. So this woman has this encounter with Jesus, and she goes and tells the men of the city. And it says, Because she did that, many Samaritans believe. And I want us to look at something here, though. It says that many believed because of her testimony, and many more believe because of, the Jesus, because of the testimony of Jesus and what he said. I just want to point out, it wasn't her job to convince them. It was her job to tell them. Amen? She wasn't anointed to convince them. She was anointed to tell them. It was really Jesus' job to convince them, right? In our life, it's the Holy Spirit's job. The power of the Holy Spirit. It's not your job to make them believe. The Holy Spirit's going to take care of that. You just get into the knowledge of Jesus and of the Holy Spirit. That's what we want. We want to tell people about Jesus so they're going to have an encounter with him. So she could tell them, hey, this and this and this happened. If they come back and they don't see Jesus, then there's a lot of people who don't believe, right? Because it says many believed on her testimony, 
But many even more believed because they saw Jesus and they, they heard it straight from Jesus. Right? So, when we go and we witness to somebody and we tell somebody about Jesus and who he is and who he is in our life, that, that's good. That's a good start. That's a seed planted. But when they have that encounter with Jesus by themselves, that's what opens up that belief in him. Amen? But if she would have never went back to the city and she would have never told them, hey, you got to come see this guy, then nobody would have believed, right? So again, it's important as we have opportunity to go out and to tell people about what Jesus, who Jesus is. And not even just that, but to show people who Jesus is through our actions, through what we do. Amen? Another example is the Gadarene. And I'm not going to read the whole event, so I'll give a back, back story here. So Jesus, remember, Jesus and his disciples went across the sea to a country of the Gadarenes. And they met a demon-possessed man who was possessed by many demons. And, uh, you know, it's funny, as you read the word, there's things that you feel like you should catch, but you haven't caught before. So Matthew's account actually has two men. It says two men were demon-possessed. Mark and Luke's account says one man. And that was something that I feel like I should know, <laughs> because I, I read the Bible, um, and I've read those verses a lot. But I don't know, maybe I just only read Mark and Luke's account most of the time when I'm doing something like that. I, don't know. I only use, read Matthew's account twice through the year, I don't know. But we're going to, for argument's sake, we're just going to say one man. And this man gets touched by Jesus, and the demons leave him, and they go into the pigs that are feeding by the mountain. And the pigs run into the sea, another place says the lake, into a body of water, and drown. And it says that this man comes to his right mind, and the owners of the pigs go and tell everyone in the city what happened. So then we get to Luke 8.36. And it says that those who also had seen it told them by what means he who had been demon-possessed was healed. Then the whole multitude of the surrounding region of the Gadarenes asked him, Jesus, to depart from them, for they were seized with great fear. And he got into the boat and returned. And now a man from... Now the man from whom the demons had departed begged him that he might be with him. But Jesus sent him away, saying, Return to your own house and tell what great things God has done for you. And he went his way and proclaimed throughout the whole city what great things Jesus had done for him. So it was when Jesus returned that, they, that the multitude welcomed him, for they were all waiting for him. Again, because of one testimony, the whole city turned from being fearful of what they didn't know and I think you see that a lot. People who just, who know somebody's out there, maybe that, that there's a, a grand design or a creator. Sometimes I think people are afraid to see what that looks like, right? Um, people would rather kind of do what they want to do without having to, I think people feel like they have to answer to somebody else. Like I have to, if I, if I go this way, then I have to get rid of all the fun that I was having. But it says that, that he did. He went and he proclaimed throughout the whole city the great things Jesus had done for him. And when Jesus returned, they were glad to see him. Amen? They were excited to see him. They welcomed him. Amen. And one thing I get from this is that not only should we go out and give our testimony, but your testimony is important. Amen? 
your testimony is important. You might think, well, I don't have the, I don't have a crazy testimony. Like I, I've never been to jail, and God never like healed me. Like my limb never grew back. You know, my hand. You might think, well, I don't think I have a special testimony. You know, and that for me, that was that was me for a long time. Where, you know, I I, I grew up in the church, and I was. Um, you know, saved at a young age, and I, I believed at a young age. I was filled with the whole, baptism of the Holy Spirit at a young age. And, uh, and I thought, well, nothing cool has ever happened to me. But then the Lord started working with me and saying, no, that is, that is really something. That's something that not a lot of people can say. Amen? I think my testimony is I, I knew it from a young age, and I've continued in it, because there's a lot of people that grow up in a church or a family home, family Christian home, and then they depart as they get older. Um, I think that's my testimony is, yeah, you know, God's been so good to me. I've just continued uh, to believe in him and trust in him. <laughs> but your testimony is important, and we don't want to just keep it to ourselves. Amen? We, wanna, we don't want to hold the gospel to ourselves and just feel good about what God's done in our life. We want to take it out. Share it so others can experience the love, forgiveness, and grace that we do. Amen. So, I have uh, a long, I'm going to be reading a lot here, um, because there wasn't any part where I thought, well, I just want to cut that out, I wanted to read it it all. So we're going to read almost all of Matthew 25. Okay. Um, I think a great example of what we're supposed to do as Christians is in this parable of the talents. And I think there are a lot of different ways to use the parable. I've used it different ways in messages that, that to me, it, it stood out in a different way to me. But really, this parable, and you, and you look through and you look at the context as it even goes to the end of Matthew 25, and, and more and more, to me, the context looks like souls and reaching people. And so we're going to read through it. You don't have to agree with me, but this is what I this is what I think. This is what I think what the word says about it. So Matthew twenty five. We're going to start in verse fourteen. <clears throat> I'm going to take a drink of water before I start this here. It says, "For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country, who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one." to each according to his own ability. And immediately he went on a journey. Then he who had received the five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. And likewise he who had received two gained two more also. But he who had received one went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. And after a long time the Lord of these servants came and settled accounts with them. So he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents besides them. And his Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You are faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. He also who had received two talents came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, I have gained two more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servants. Servant, You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. 
Then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown, and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid, and I went, and I hid your talent in the ground. Look, there, you have what is yours. But his Lord answered and said to him, You wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown, and gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers at my coming, and at my coming I would have received back my own with interest. So let's just stop right there real quick. <clears throat> so you have three guys that have all received money from their Lord as they went to a far country. And two of the servants go and they invest their Lord's money. Amen. And I think as I, as I studied this and as I looked at this, again, we all have something to give to the kingdom of God. Amen. Amen. We all have a testimony to share with people. Amen. And I think, looking here, if you think of the talents, they were entrusted with talents. One was entrusted with five, one was entrusted with two, one was entrusted with one. I really believe that there are people that the Lord entrusts to us that we come in contact with on this earth. Amen? There are people that come across our path that are uh, divine appointments that the Lord puts on our heart that he's kind of, he said, I want you to witness to this person. And I see that as a talent, something that um, the Lord has given us. Amen. He's given us a testimony. He's called us to be witnesses. Amen. And he wants us to go out and he wants us to have a good effect on what he's given us. Uh, Bill Vanderbush had a great message years ago about stewarding grace. Amen. And so we get this grace from God and we're supposed to go out and steward it to other people to be a good steward of grace. Salvation is the same way. We have this salvation from God. We want to be good stewards of that so that others can receive that salvation. Amen? And so the two went out and invested and got a return. The one who only got one, and my guess is there's a reason why this Lord gave him only one, but he decided just to hide it. He decided to keep it for himself, to not to play it safe, right? Well, uh, I don't know when the Lord's coming back. I just better hang out and just make sure that it's safe. Not going to risk it. And he called him a wicked and a lazy servant. I think if we don't go out and we don't be a witness to people, we're being a lazy Christian. Okay? This is not an admonishment. I think all you guys are good. You guys are great. This is, again, this is what just what the Lord put on my heart. Um, but to go out and to preach the gospel, it takes not a lot of effort sometimes, but a little effort, right? We have to go out and we have to not just be single-minded, not just thinking about ourselves, right? Having the mind of Christ, amen, and going out and really showing that compassion. Lord, who do you want me to, who can I talk to today about you? Who can I show love to today? Amen. Because I tell you what, there's some Christians and Christians that I've known in the past that you wouldn't be able to tell they're Christians if you saw them on the street. 
But we want to be able to, we want people to know that, hey, this person loves Jesus. There's something different. Amen? Alright. So the one hidden in the ground, he said, Wicked lazy servant, you knew I reap where I have not sown, gather where I have not got scattered seed. So he's given this responsibility to go out on all the world, to deposit what he's given us to others, so that he can reap a hard harvest. Amen? Because the Bible says, uh, Paul says, I have planted, Apollos watered, the Lord gets the increase. Amen? So, he gets the harvest, he gets the increase. The more faithful we are to be good stewards of his salvation through our witness, the more opportunities we're going to get. If we, if we show ourselves that we really want people to be set free and saved from the bondage of sin, we're going to get, you're going to get more opportunities to witness to people. So if we read on to Matthew, we're going to skip a couple scriptures here, I guess. The context is that we're showing his love to others. So we're going to go to Matthew 25, 31. And it says, um, when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the, all the holy angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he'll separate them one from another as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. And he'll set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. Then the king will say to those on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom, prepare for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. And the righteous will answer and say, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in or naked and clothe you? Or when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king will answer and say to them, Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you have did this to the one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. And so you have these, you have these uh, sheep, right? You have these, these people that are following God's will, and they're showing compassion. They're showing that they have the heart of Jesus. They are going out, and they're, um, as, the Lord, as the Lord leads, amen, I'm not saying you should just go out to just every stranger you meet and, you know, that's not smart. But as the Lord leads, right, we help people. We, we always show love, but we, we're the, Jesus lives inside of us. We're the, we're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Amen? So all these things take, took, took them in. Um, clothed them, uh, visited them, right? So we go to verse, yeah, 41. Then he will also say to those on the left hand, Depart from me, you cursed, into the everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and you did not take me in. Naked, and you did not clothe me. Sick and in prison, and you did not visit me. And then they will also answer and say, Lord, when did we see you? No, there's a scripture that says things that are done in, in um, secret will be brought out to the light. Amen. So, I don't know, people sometimes think like, well, nobody's going to know that I didn't do this, that I, that I didn't show compassion to this person. Nobody's going to know that um, I didn't really care for this person, so I just kind of walked the other way. But they'll say to him as well and say, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger 
or naked or sick or in prison and did not minister to you. And he said, Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into everlasting punishment, by the, but the righteous into eternal life. The bottom line is we just want to sow seed to people. Amen? We want to sow seed to people. In the parable of the sower, we see that some seed fall on the wayside, and some seed fall among the thorns and, and among the weeds, and some on the stony, stony ground, and some on the good soil. And we don't always know what soil we're sowing into, do we? Sometimes we think that some soil looks really stony. And it's like, oh man, do I even try? <laughs> but they might, have a, they might actually have good soil. They might actually receive the word with gladness and let it multiply in their heart. Amen? Others, we might think like, oh man, this person is right. Like, this is... This is great soil right here, and they might not, they might reject it at all. So we can't sow based on the soil we think people have. Just like in the parable, some fell on every type of soil. So as we witness, as we minister to people, we're sowing our, our seed, the Word of God, to different types of soil, to different types of people. Amen. And there's going to be people that you can reach that I can't reach, and there's going to be people I can reach that you can't reach. We don't always know what soil we're sowing into, and it's not our job to sort out the soil, right? It's not my job to till the ground, make sure I'm, I'm getting all this good soil. No, it's my job, or I add my notes, or to add miracle grow to the soil. No, my job is to plant the seeds, to plant the seeds about Jesus, amen? Plant it into people's lives, into their hearts, and allow them to help soften their hearts. Allow him to help work the soil. Amen? Because you might plant a seed and maybe it's in one stage. Maybe it's really stony. Stone, you know, uh, stony ground. And not much happens. And then you plant another seed into the same heart and maybe at that time, maybe now it's a little thorny. And but then as you continue to sow seeds, that soil maybe changes into good soil. Amen? Just plant seeds about Jesus into people. Allow them to help soften their hearts. If we take our responsibility seriously and witness, we will, hear, we will hear, well done and good and faithful servant. Amen? And that's what we want to hear. At the end of the day, we want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. As we, as we sow seeds, as we just show the love of Jesus, we are doing exactly what he's calling us to do. If you feel like, oh, Lord, I just don't know what my calling is, just start out by witnessing. They start out by being a Christian. I got a revelation a couple of years ago. No matter how busy I get um, as a pastor, my first calling is to be a Christian. Amen? So I can be a pastor, and, and part of a pastor is to help equip the saints for the work of the ministry. Um, but first and foremost, I believe that my first job is to win people to Jesus. My first job is to show people the love of Jesus. And that's, as Christians, that's what we're called to do, amen? So you might have a specific job or uh, a specific ministry that you're involved in, and you put all your effort into that ministry, and, and you see it um, in different places where some people are so ministry-minded that they forget that their first calling is to be a Christian. Their first calling is just to love. Their first calling is to show compassion, amen? And we don't want to forget that. We don't want to forget that our first calling is to those who don't know him. 
Amen. Jesus said, I came to save, uh, the, you know, what good is a, a hospital for the healthy? I'm completely paraphrasing here. Sorry. Um, but he came to save the sick, right? He came to save those who are in sin to repentance. And so our, our first mission, our first goal, and in Luke 4, when Jesus opens the, opens the book and he says, um, I've been anointed to preach the gospel to the poor. To, um, I'm, I'm blanking. Uh, to recover sight of the blind, uh, liberty to the captives, thank you. Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the, to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. So that's what I really believe. Our first mission, amen, we've been anointed. If we're supposed to be imitators of Christ and he was anointed to do this first, then we're anointed to do that. Amen. We're anointed to do that first. Amen. And your ministry, your job will still be there. Uh, your, your, your ministry, even to your Christian friends, to those who love Jesus, who are going through struggles and different things. But always, always, don't, let's not forget those who don't know him. Don't forget those who, who maybe uh, have, have, uh, have never received Christ. Amen. Because those are the ones that, are, your Christian friends are saved. Hallelujah. Those are the ones that continue to increase. Amen. Those are the talents that come back as we invest into people's lives. Amen? All right. Praise the Lord. Thank you. Thank you for bearing with me tonight. Father, we just thank you for all that you do. Lord, we're just, it's just an exciting time to serve you. It's an exciting time to be here and to just to, just to sow into people's lives. I'm so excited for what you have for all of us, everything you have in store for us, all the blessings, all the benefits that you've promised us already that have, have come to pass and are going to come to pass. And Lord, just we just thank you that you help keep us uh, focused in our sights set on you and not all in need of the distractions that are going on. Lord, because your word says that the fields are white for the harvest. Lord, you, you pray that you would, that we would send laborers for you into your fields. And so, Lord, even right now, I just pray for laborers. Laborers in the fields of the world to, to bring people to you, Jesus. And Lord, I thank you that you give us all just a revelation of that compassion that you have for people. A revelation of how much you love us and how much you love other people, Lord. And we're so grateful to you. We thank you for all that you do. Lord, I pray for a great rest of the night, great week, Lord. And thank you for your divine health in this place and on everybody's life in here and those listening online, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you, guys. Listening online, we just want to say bless you. And uh, if you have any questions or just want to know more about the Lord, you can always reach out to me. Uh, I'm available anytime. Amen. You are dismissed. Thank you, guys. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. 
You can email us at holylife at brookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., also Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.